0: You know what I used to struggle with? Eating a diet that's nutrient dense enough for me to get all of my dietary needs met through what I eat alone. I am no longer a passenger on that struggle bus because one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral probiotic, green superfood blend and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with digestion and supports a healthy immune system all without the need to take multiple products or pills cause baby I can't do it. And it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it just fits. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times, and they're offering my audience a free year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. To redeem your offer, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Again, to redeem your offer of one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com slash sis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be Well Sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you, but more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I hope you are well. We are at the end of the year. It is the final stretch of the year, and I hope you guys have been well. I hope that you guys are taking it easy, and I've really been embracing ease and just not ramping it up for the end of the year, but really just winding down and slowing down. I hope that you've been giving yourself the appropriate time and the self-care and the love and the nurturing that you absolutely deserve. So today I am so excited to bring you this episode. This episode features Shanita Hubbard. She is the author of Ride or Die, a feminist manifesto for the well-being of Black women. I really enjoyed this conversation and I know that you will too. If you are unfamiliar with Shanita Hubbard, she Is been published in the New York Times, the Huffington Post, The Guardian, Pitchfork, Essence, and so many other publications. Um, Of course, she's also the author of the best-selling book, again, called "Write or Die, a Feminist Manifesto for the Wellbeing of Black Women. In her book, she breaks down the notion of the "write or Die chick, which is a black woman who holds out her family and community often at her own expense. Sound familiar? <laughs> and she argues that this way of life has left Black women exhausted, overworked, overlooked, and feeling depleted. She suggests that Black women are susceptible to men- to this mentality because it's been so normalized in our culture. Honestly, one of the reasons that I f- started this podcast was because of this. I didn't have the language to put um, to describe what I have experienced and what I've been seeing around us. But this is one of the reasons why I thought that we should really be having conversations pointing this thing, naming this thing, and finding solutions to this thing. So I'm so, so happy that I got a chance to speak to her and how she really just broke down this book. If you are still looking for gifts for the holidays or just for yourself, um, I really, really, really suggest this book. I have been trying to get back into reading, and this has been such a quick, easy read. It's digestible, but it really does have really... um but it really just has great information and puts language to things that we, a lot of us, if you listen to this podcast, you've, you've thought about yourself, I'm sure. Um, so before we hop into the conversation, I have two announcements for you. The first one is that Be Well Sis now has a Patreon. <laughs> On that Patreon, I have tons of unreleased episodes that you can listen to. Most of them are interviews um, with, of course, brilliant, dope women. A lot of them were actually um, from like the first year, first two years of the podcast. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to release everything on air. So now I have a back catalog of really dope interesting, amazing episodes with, of course, interesting and amazing women. So if you would love to support the podcast, the goal is to get um, a full-time editor on board. Go ahead and support for $10 a month. You can get all types of episodes. Right now I have 10 episodes. I'm constantly adding to that catalog. So that's about um, over 10 hours of um, content, um, raw content. It is not edited. It is just you're essentially a fly on the wall with me and the person that I'm speaking to. So yeah, so go ahead over to patreon.com slash to support and to get access to all of the um, back catalog. As um, So what I will do is at the end of the episode, I will play a snippet of one of the episodes so you can have an idea of what you'll be hearing. Honestly, a lot of it is material that you would have heard on the podcast, um, had, I had a chance to edit it and upload it. Um, so yes, go ahead and support. And also if you were thinking, Hey, how can I support my favorite podcaster? And that's me. I hope it's me. (laughs) Um, I'm asking that you go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review i read through them all i would love to hear your commentary either on spotify or on apple or wherever you get your podcast please leave a rating and also let me know where you are listening from i see i have a um we have a lot of listeners a lot of listeners from south africa from senegal from the gambia um I'm seeing a lot of my island folk. I see a lot of Trinidad, Jamaica, um, of course, the U.S., Canada, um, Britain, France. I'm really, really grateful, but I would love to to learn your names and all that great stuff. So please, wherever you listen to the podcast, leave a five-star rating as well as a review. And let me know where you are listening from and what are some things that you would love to hear in the new year. I'm deep in my planning phase, so I already have January and February, but I would love to hear what you would like to hear in the months thereafter. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining in. I'm so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So I am so excited. I'm so geeked. I have a Shanita Hubbard on with us. She is the author of Ride or Die, a feminist manifesto for the well-being of Black women. Mm, how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about my book with other Black women. Shout out. I'm happy my brother's interviewed me too. That's dope too, but it's something special about when we talk.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I have so many thoughts I feel like just in the past week alone there's so much stuff that you touched on that is like reflected in what's happening in the media like Mm. and it's and it's tiring and um, one thing that I appreciate you mentioning in the book is how these conversations are important for men to be be aware of and then to really get on board because we're all suffering because of patriarchy and white supremacy and all of those things. But Before we even get into that, what inspires you to write this book?
1: (laughs) So um, I've always wanted to be a writer and I've wanted to write for us since way back when, when I used to um, read In the Spirit by Susan Taylor, in essence, it always felt like she was speaking directly to me, right? It always felt like she knew my life, like, girl, you all know my life, right? And it always just like, sometimes snatch my edges, sometimes encourage my spirit, but it always made me feel seen and loved and valued, even when I didn't have the language to express that. So that was something that I've always wanted to do that for um, other Black women. And then like the deeper I, I mean, I guess when I became a mom, a lot of things shifted and changed for me, like how I just saw the world and not so much like, um, oh my gosh, now I'm realizing that there's issues in, in our culture. No, that's not the case. It was just, I remember distinctly one day listening to One Love by Nas, like came on and I'm like on my way from work, having to leave that job because I have to like, I have to pick up my daughter because there's an emergency there. So I'm just juggling and exhausted. And then like, the, and that's one of my, my favorite songs. Like Nas is forever in my top five. It just kind of, um, he rotates, <laughs> with mm-hmm. position, but he's always there. So this song that used to be one of my faves, like I just heard it so differently that day. Like, of course, if you read the book, you know that, you know, I've, had formerly incarcerated lovers i supported loved ones through incarceration so i'm like hearing this song and no one is speaking to how black how incarceration impacts black women right where they're speaking around in a way where you're dismissed and like you know if you don't ride it out with that man or if you're his mom and you're crying you're gonna pat her and back but there's a wide range of black women in between that right so I was listening to that song and I also started to think like, damn, like how many, how often am I just singing along the hook and the narrative, how often am I just going along with the narrative where I'm just erased or muted or just completely ignored altogether, just yeah. beyond hip hop in general, just like um, how often am I doing this in my own life? And I started to think, think deeper about how often and how the ride or die trope which is really at its core it's just get um when you are in a lopsided situation whether that's a relationship where you are pouring in doing above and beyond and you're not even requiring reciprocity right sometimes yeah. that manifests at work sometimes you because wherever you go there you are right yeah. so sometimes you are still that same person at work in the church in your community wherever and then we are just functioning like that with little regard for ourselves. So I just, you know, slow book book ideas aren't born overnight, but I remember like those are pivotal moments that I really started thinking deeper about this.
0: And, and I'm so grateful that you decided to go ahead and put pen to paper, because what I really appreciate about your book is that I am not um, like an intellectual in terms of social things. I, over the past few years, I've been educating myself as to why the way, why the world is the way it is and my place in the world, right? So I like that your book um, is, it's readable for somebody who is not an academic in that space. Um, oh, I think thank you. it's, it's, I, I can digest it. I get it, you know, and I love that you, you, because hip-hop is so important, um, in your life. And I think like many of us in our generation, um, like you weave it in here as well. So it's just like, okay, I can read it, I can adjust it and I can apply it to my life. So thank you for your work. I think it's it's important to write for, for the masses, you know?
1: Thank you so much. I mean, that that means a lot to me, right? Because I wanted it to be conversational, right? And I wanted it to be something we can think about and maybe, you know, think a little bit deeper, hopefully expanding your mind and introducing you to something new. But at this core, what good is the work if it's not digestible? What good is if it's not readable? Like to me, it's no good if only a bunch of, you know- (laughs) Academics, right. Right, are sitting there, you know, the ways in which, you know, and that, which is fine, and it can, but I want my, I want my audience to be
2: broader.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate, initially you um, broke down the lyrics of the song um, Ride or Die, because a lot of us grew up with it, not really thinking about the actual words of it. Like, the beat is dope. Like, you, you it comes on and the party starts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how you break down the meaning of it and really examine how we internalize that, not only because of the music, but because just watching our mothers and watching our aunties and our grandmothers be these ride or dies. So I think uh, many of us are socialized, especially as black women, to be everything to everyone else, like to find our worth in how we provide and care for the world around us and not necessarily providing for ourselves. Um, And you mentioned just now how it shows up in the workplace. So how does that trope show up in the workplace? us?
1: Um, we've all met that woman at that work that's like, girl, I've been working at this job five years, and I ain't never took no, no time off yet. I don't even know how to turn it in. How you do that? Like, almost like that's a badge of honor that she has paused to give herself rest, right? So that's one of the ways she, sh- and she's not even doing it because she's trying to get overtime, overtime or whatever, or because she's trying to get promoted. She's doing it because that's how she thinks she shows her worth to her employer, right? To her coworkers, right? This continuous labor, right? And then sometimes and she's also the one that will look at you like you taking off again like right. sis. yes i use my vacation every year like mom just because you don't want to right so not only was she was just kind of like sister show up all the time i'm gonna open up the doors i'm gonna close the doors because you know and then she has this she thinks everybody around us supposed to operate like that right but it's like that's one of the ways it, it really does show up but it's just abundance of labor because even at work that's how she's trying to prove her prove her work, not just doing her job and doing it well. She has to do it to the point of exhaustion to her, i.e. Yeah. not taking days off. And even when she does, she feels horrible about it.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's shifted a little bit because a lot of us now have embraced like having side hustles and maybe just being entrepreneurial. I think even if we're not laboring for somebody else, like at clocking into somebody's office, we're just constantly working and now it's creating content. And it's like, when do you just live and not live to create produce something for somebody else but just just live you know i think
1: yeah i love that you that you brought this up and you're saying that the conversation is shifting and a i'm it is like i I always say this i love that there's this whole conversation about soft life i'm like i'm what it says hashtag soft life right that's That doesn't always have to include first class trips. That's dope if you fly in first class, but I also want your soft life to include rest, unapologetic rest without feeling guilty about it. Because even in our language, like if you take, even for entrepreneurs, if you take the day off, you'd be like, Hey, I am having a lazy day. You're not lazy, sis. Like you don't have to be producing 24 hours a day. Like everything don't have to be like, Oh, let me, I'm mining content. Enjoy the moment. Take a picture just cause it's yours. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything doesn't have to be about mining content and production, production, production.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy you mentioned soft life too, because I feel like it started off as one thing and it shifted into just the luxury and what I feel like I'm seeing is that people are then chasing the luxury and then doing more work to get that. Because most yeah. of us, like, according to social media, everybody makes $150,000 plus, but that's not real life.
1: Minimum.
0: Minimum you know, right? social media, honey. <laughs> Minimum. Okay, but that's not real life. That's not most people's realities. Um, so people are trying to live these luxe lavish lives and and have the high rises and go on the first class trips. And those are all beautiful things. I love it. But if that's not where you are right now, let's not work ourselves into exhaustion to try to live this soft life. Really it's it's the hard life, boo. Like it's a hard life with like a nice weekend, like
1: is it really a soft life if you max out all your credit cards and now you have to say yes Now you have to say yes to assignments that you wouldn't have taken now you have to go into work on days where you would not have going gone into right is it really the soft life if now you can't spend this time with your girls you know having brunch you're know, having most of that brunch or with your kid just chilling and laughing because you got to grind 24 7 because you maxed out your card on and on that you know first class trip so those are wonderful but let's also let's talk about that with like more nuance like i love this soft life for me my soft life is including strong boundaries like mm. it allows me to live my softness right what i'm saying on about no this isn't work for me my soft life is when i'm delegating like i'm at my best like this is hashtag soft life I'm just gonna put this on my assistance plate right here and I'm gonna chill, get my nails done. Or I'm gonna chill and do nothing, right? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, soft life is saying no as a complete sentence, delegating and being okay. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So
0: at at the top of the conversation, I I was mentioning how there's things in the media right now that like really your book, it like ties into things that are are talked about in your book. One of the things that I'm thinking about is... um, Two people, Lizzo and um and Meg the Stallion. And just how the media, I, I I'm just so disgusted. Girl
1: and so you know what in both cases like let's start with Lizzo first Lizzo will be minding her black ass business I'm I'm over here playing the flutes you know giving out some shapewear giving out some good music and minding my business Mm. and people will just take shots at her not even just even in the media just like random folks on social media will just constantly like use her name and drag it through the mud and now and if Lizzo was a white woman who was Mm. this same exact size talking about body positivity and and these, and these Black men or even some of these Black women and people rolled up and just took shots at her left and right, hey, baby, they wouldn't have careers, Correct. right? Because they, they, would, they would be so supported and labels would speak out against it. You know, it would be a bigger deal. And the same thing with Megan Thee Stallion. I said that about Drake, when he used Megan and his lyrics as a pun. Like, Megan is a woman who lost the people that know her best, the people that love her best. She's in this industry, you know, we know her because she's dope, right? But even that story when she was telling us about her getting shot, she did not even want to reveal who the shooter was. And not on Simone, let's be clear, it's not because she was on, I'm a ride or die chick. She was making an intentional decision because she understands that the criminal injustice system has right. and has disproportionately harmed Black men and even and harmed Black women. So she was deeply concerned about if I invite them in, will they, will they kill him? Will they make this worse? So because she has, she's the Black and you know how we instinctively care about our brothers instinctively ride you know ride for them and want to protect them and of course we know about the dangers of the criminal justice system so she, but she was also a victim herself she was also mm-hmm. hurt herself she's almost had to be in a position of like a wounded warrior like you mm-hmm. are sitting in here hurt gushing and bleeding but you on a battlefield fight for somebody else because that's what she was really doing like she was trying to figure out how she can protect him while she's healing mm-hmm. right so then she finally like musters up whatever she needs to do to share the story like this is who was and She told us this, I'm not guessing. She let us know this. She shared with us what she's thinking. And instead of hip hop, particularly the men rallying around her, people have just been making jokes left and right. So I was just furious about Drake in particular because he is incredibly deliberate with his brand. He yep. is co- incredibly deliberate, deliberate with the decisions that he makes around his career, which is part of the reason why he is the megastar that he is today. So that was intentional, right? For him mm-hmm. to take this shot at Meg, for us to be having this conversation even weeks later about it. But he would not have taken that risk. He would to have done that with a taylor swift no god forbid if god forbid if taylor swift got shot by a man If Drake would have put her, you know, made fun of her and it would have been, or even alluded to the possibility that he could be taking a shot at her, no pun intended, his career would have been over, honey. Mm -hmm. He would have been finished. Mm -hmm. And he knows this. He knows that taking a shot at Black women is safe for him. And this is the crazy part. He has a majority, his fan base is mostly women. And I would probably say Black women, but that just shows how much we are completely, our support and loyalty is taken for granted completely in so many different aspects. And that's just another example.
0: Be Well Sis is very much an advocate for therapy and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Be well, Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient, so anyone who struggles with life challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSys. That's BetterHelp.com slash Yeah. For sure. And, and I feel like with both of them, I think the reason or one of the reasons why um, people feel so comfortable um, or just have such strong negative opinions about them is because they are two Black women who are unapologetic about who they are. That shit yep. makes people so worked up and I just don't understand it. Um, like I it's get so- it, but I don't get it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm honey, there's something about a black woman that fails to shrink that really agitates, um, that racist that really agitates, um, misogynist that really agitates those those sexist assholes out here. It's something about us where they just cannot take it. So just existing as your whole self without shrinking and a black woman just makes you a target.
0: Period. Yeah. Big time, big time, big time. Um, so you mentioned that you, um, in becoming a mother, something shifted um, in the way like you view the world and whatnot. So what, how old is your child about? She's 12 12? now. 12, okay, okay, she's a a little girl, okay. So what is something that um, motherhood has, that has awakened in you?
1: it made me, motherhood has made me incredibly particular about what I'm leaving her. And I'm not even talking about like just a will or just money, but like what legacy am I leaving her? What am I modeling for her that she is going to completely replicate? I remember like there was a time where I used to feel guilty if I wanted to rest. I remember it was a time where, you know, I had the money in my budget to use Molly Maids and I could have used it. My house was just like really just unorganized. It's like, I still had summer clothes in my closet in the middle of December, right? Like that type of unorganized. Like, girl, why is this sundress here with these high boots? Right? So it was just like, just things like that. And I remember one day I was just like, i am going to call Molly Maids? And I just like convicted myself. Like I put myself on trial and found myself guilty like of wanting rest. And one of the things I said, I felt so embarrassed by my thoughts. And one of the things I said to myself was like, my mother raised three kids by herself. She was a single mom. She would have never had molly maids. And I was like, and my grandmother, you know, she raised eight kids by herself after my grandfather died. She never used molly maids as if that made me less of a mother because I wanted to incorporate some help here so that I can have more respite. So I'm realizing, so in terms of what shifted for me with motherhood, like I don't want my child to see that. I don't want her to see me refusing rest. I don't want her to see me feeling guilty about rest. So, and it's hard enough that I actually, the world places so much pressure and expectations on, on Black women. Like, we don't have, we don't get grace, right? We don't get yep. permission to fail. Like, we talk about Chrisette Michelle, like, um, she uh, um sang, she decided to sing at Trump's inauguration. However you feel about that, she was fried, crucified, completely done. Kanye West went full Kanye West, you know, he's done a litany of Things including supporting Trump, right? But still, people will do all types of mental gymnastics to still support him. So we don't, we black women live in a world where we just aren't given a lot of grace, and so many of us, myself included, internalize that. So we're not giving ourselves grace, right? So I want to be mindful of that, so that my daughter, so that I'm not donating that perspective, so that I'm donating this way of living to her. So it was like a huge shift, you know, when I became a mom.
0: Yeah. And and that's so real. And I, and I feel very similar. Um, I have two boys and I realized they're still pretty small. The little one is three the older one is eight. And I realized that they listen to very little of what I say, but Mm -hmm. they will model everything that I do. They'll repeat and they'll copy. And even sometimes I get real just tired and frustrated of constantly having to like work on my healing and being intentional about things I don't want to pass down it gets tired healing Mm -hmm. right the work gets tired but I'm just like no I have to keep going so that they can get the fruits of that get the fruits of of my healing and not of my trauma um so I, Mm. I definitely feel you on that one for sure um, oh, I love
1: that girl put that on a t-shirt get the fruit of my healing and never much a lot of my trauma <laughs> um and then you
0: mentioned uh Kanye West and I actually made a note on one of the pages because um you were mentioning in the beginning about I have underlined she'll put that work in and get him together I think you're talking about your cousin um mm-hmm. and how aunties will talk about the cousin right and this, it, it made me think about Kanye West because in the couple of years ago, not so much now, but a few years ago, people were just like, you know what? He just needs a strong black woman to get him together. You know, poor thing, he lost his mother, which is a huge loss. I completely get that. Um, but I think at this point, it's not just the loss of his mother, it's other things. And it's not only his, his mental health as well. It's other things that I don't think a a black woman should have to fix he is a grown ass man you know
1: well, it wasn't just a couple of years ago hon I actually I remember writing about this recently like saying no thank you like when people were just like because they were really saying this up until like maybe in the summertime like Kanye just need a good black woman to come in there and will fix him no, we are not the mules of the world. Stop calling us in to fix a broken democracy. Stop calling us in to fix these broken men that don't check for us, Yeah, <laughs> that don't reciprocate. Stop, we are not the mules of the world. Black women have 99 gifts, but be a Jesus A1. Please stop calling us to be the savior of all.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. What I, I wrote um, in, in one of the notes, I wrote um, black women as a deity. It's like, um, like you said, black women as like a deity figure, like we're like, not that we're revered as a God or a goddess, but like we're the fix it. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like to save democracy. And then back when Roe v. Wade was um, freshly overturned, like, okay, well black women rally with us white women to to fix this thing. After we had been talking about this for years that this was coming and we need to get in front of it now. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were by our lonesome.
1: Mm-hmm. See your point is like we're looked at as a deity, but not in a point, not in a place of reverence, right? Looked at it in that whole, this is what we call when we want something fixed, done, unbroken, mitigated, whatever it is. Right? So we looked at in that sense, like we're gonna call you because you are capable of fixing it all it's with all you it's all within you you can do it and you don't need any support like because it's, it's really true because a lot of you know if you grew up in a black church in general they're be like god don't need your help he got this somewhere yeah. along the line the, the streets got a twisted, and it turned into black women don't need your help she got this no 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 that's not true that's a lot help me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes
0: mm-hmm. yep yep um and, and I find myself, even though I've learned so much now, it is still my 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 default to figure it out by myself, like quietly. And I'm like, no, girl, like you are a human, and humans live in community, and you have to help and be helped sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to to get out of that that pattern of just trying to isolate myself to make things work. And I, and it doesn't come from nowhere, right? It comes from socialization you know especially I want those people who grew up in the church as well um, and just even seeing the dynamic in church uh, of how black women are um, the expectations of black women in church so just a whole Baby
1: so let me say so this uh i said i tweeted this i was like whenever you know like a black church goer that's not Candace marie bimbo (laughs) wants me to like maybe come to the book club or something i'd be like you should you read the book first on me because i don't i don't want you to be caught off guard with nothing (laughs) so that's i'm actually scheduled to do this podcast next week with you know some very very black church folk so let's see how this goes
0: I, I pray they read it, and I and I hope they um have an open mind, like, cause yeah, some change needs to happen um for sure. Um, the 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 last thing I wanted to um ask you in terms of the book is, so we read this book right, and we now understand the many ways that this writer dyatrope like permeates our lives and really has a negative impact on how we live. What is our first initial step of putting that down and moving past that?
1: Oh, honestly, this is the first time anyone has asked me this question. I've been doing the press kit press one. So thank you for that. Um, Honestly, one, I, I'm, as a former therapist, like, I believe, I used to be a therapist for six years, right? And I believe in, in amongst the many things, I believe in accountability, right? So if you read this book, you close it up, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do different, right? Call a friend, call somebody that's going to help you stay accountable to that, right? It's like, if you, like, for example, if you was, like, you're going to change your lifestyle, you're going to start eating healthier, it's more powerful if you do this in support, if you do this, like you said, in community, tell somebody, right? And then tell somebody what that's going to look like so specifically for you, because in the first chapter, it's, it's outlining like what a die, ride or die is, how it shows up in our lives, and how it harms us, right? So the goal is by the end of this, the first chapter, we are in collective agreement to defund the ride and die industrial complex. We are done with that, right? And then the, other, the, um, the rest of the book focuses on other areas of our lives that we can unpack and explore to keep our well-being central. So you read the book, you're like, all right, girl. Okay, Sinead, I'm with it, right? Call up a girlfriend and be like, you know what? This is what, share that. Share what you're going to change so that she can hold you accountable and that she can be support for you. And I believe in that wholeheartedly. And also a lot of this, Is uh, we're socialized, right? We have internalized so much, whether it's patriarchy or uh, or just racism, right? And and Michelin war and all these things, we ingest it and we breathe it, right? So if you're not unpacking it, you're perpetuating it, right? But it's like constant work. It's constant work to do that. So in addition to telling somebody, you also have to be mindful of, you know, that this is going to be a constant thing. You don't just read the book once and be like, boom, I'm done with that, right? Be committed to a lifetime of unpacking and
0: unlearning because it takes more than just you know a 195 page book yeah yeah oh so so good so so good everybody needs this book um especially black women and also the the men need to read this as well because I love that line you just said if you are not unpacking you are perpetuating oh like yes um for sure um so before we wrap up, I'd like to ask two questions. The first question is, what has is something that has brought you some joy in the past, like twenty four hours? Because life is hard.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, so ever since Pub Day, which was on November 8th, almost that's that week, girl, so many black women have shared, tagged me in their stories and made TikTok videos and just you know told me about what they think of this book. And then, you know I've seen pictures where people like highlighting stuff and exclamation point and talking about that they feel seen and loved. One of the things that I've been hearing over and over is, is that like I feel so seen, I feel so loved. And baby, when I tell you that brings me all the joy, like Best-selling lists are wonderful. Of course, everybody wants to sell books, right? But these things, knowing that real change and real conversation and Black women are feeling loved and seen, is bringing me all the joy. Oh, beautiful!
0: I mean, you—it's it, a great piece of work because it's—it's it's digestible. It's so. Thank you. I, I can't thank you enough. um Thank you. Thank it. you for timely with this. Of course. Um, and then the last question is actually I'm not even going to ask you the last question. I typically, ask what is a book that you recommend to the audience, fiction or nonfiction. I'm going to take the question. I'll take it. It's going to be this book. So, Write or Die, a Black, a feminist manifesto for the well-being of Black women. Please pick it up. This is the perfect time to get this book for yourself, for your your best friend, your auntie, your mama. Everybody needs to read this book. Um, your partner so he can better understand um, our, our plight and how he can help. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so mu- much.
1: Thank you so much, Cassandra. This is wonderful.
0: But thank you. I appreciate your time so, so much. <laughs> and I'll no put problem. all the information as to uh, where to follow Sineadah, as well as where to um, buy the book in the
1: show notes below. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too.
0: And now here's a bonus clip from our Patreon. To hear the convo in its entirety, visit patreon.com slash Again, that is patreon.com slash Let's talk a little bit. I want to talk about hormones. Um, you mentioned PCOS, endometriosis, and those things... Um, are becoming more and more common. I'm seeing more and more people talk about those diagnoses. But even before we are diagnosed, how can we tell if there is a, hem- a hormonal imbalance somehow? Yeah. Like what are some signs? Would you say? Yeah.
2: So like our top hormone imbalances we see are like things sex hormone related. So like the endometriosis, PCOS, high testosterone, um, and then thyroid. Thyroid is definitely booming beyond beyond that's probably the top thing that I see. Like so many women are just getting diagnosed left and right. And then, um, blood sugar. So those three kind of sets, I would see, I would say are top. And a lot of the times, all the symptoms are intercorrelated with each other. So what estrogen dominance may be actually like, it could be very similar to another hormone imbalance. So I would say like weight gain or just stubborn weight loss, um, Headaches, irregular cycles are huge. Painful cycles are really, that's a huge red flag. Um, Even if it's not painful, but you have a lot of things around cycle time. So like um, your emotions are, it's okay to be a little bit, but I mean, if you're going from like straight up depression to like really low lows and really high highs or really tender boobs or diarrhea, I mean, all of that stuff, if it's happening around cycle time, there is something going on there. Um, also just like chronic fatigue. There could be some like muscle aches and joints, um, like the hot flashes, hunger cues are off, um, low sex drive, things like that. So it, so it's like, so across the board from like weight to muscle, aches to like things happen in your pelvic region. So a little bit of everything, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately I see a lot of women like that's become their normal or they, they've just grown up to believe oh, you just got to take Midol around cycle yep. time. Like, that's just normal. I'm like, it's not
0: normal. Yep. I was just thinking that. I was, as you were talking about some of the symptoms, I'm just like, wait, hold on. Like, those are the things that we're taught, like, hey, when your cycle comes on, you might all because it's going to be painful. You might have, yeah. you might be really hungry or craving certain things. You might be really sad the week le- le- leading up to it. So yeah, we've been yes. conditioned to think that it's normal. Um
2: Absolutely. Okay. Hair loss too. I forgot that one. Hair loss. Yes. That's a huge, huge symptom as well.
0: Ooh, hair. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, huh, okay. So I've I, like lost the majority of my edges after I stopped breastfeeding my second and they just haven't recovered.
2: Oh. <laughs> so. I would say I, I love the hair loss conversation because mm-hmm. it's so holistic. I think we want to jump to those little blue bear supplements, like whatever health, I don't even know what those are called. I don't even know if they're popping anymore, but they used to be like really trendy. Yes. Um, but we want to hop into like hair supplements, but really it's just the body telling you there's something more going on. Like, I mean, we can even take it as far back and people always look at us weird. Like they come to us for like hair loss or something not related to like gut or whatever. And they're like, just, I need hair loss help. And when I start talking about like their stool, they're like, why is she talking about this? Because like, (laughs) it could even go back to if you have bad gut health and you can't digest your foods properly, then you can't absorb your nutrients. And then that's why your hair is lacking. Like, I hate to say it, but your hair is not that important to the body. Like in regards to things, it's not what keeps you alive or anything. So it is going to be one of the first things to go when your body is out of balance. And then it's also going to be um, one of the slowest things to come back. It's not the answer people want to hear, but it's the truth.
0: <laughs> that makes good sense. You're right. The hair doesn't really serve that much purpose. Yeah. It's like protective, but it doesn't, it's not mm-hmm. vital. So that makes so much sense. Yes. Huh.
2: So yeah, it could be a gut health thing. It could be a hormone thing. It could be a nutrient deficiency thing. It could be a stress thing. Like, yeah, it could be a lot of things.
0: <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellcispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis. Did you know that according to research published by the National Institute of Health Database, that roughly 42% of the U.S. population is deficient in vitamin D? Unfortunately, many of us aren't routinely checked for deficiencies during our routine checkups and our insurance companies make it difficult to get assessed for certain things. That's why I'm so happy to partner with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy and provides more autonomy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. From hormonal health panels to STI tests to micronutrient levels, vitamin D tests, cortisol, thyroid, and so much more, let's put your health back into your own hands. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online platform within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Check nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Check laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to feel more empowered in your health and wellness and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com slash and get 25% of your test using code bewellsys. Again, visit Try lgc.com slash and get 25% of your testing using code bewellsys.